You'll have to excuse me for a little moment, because I feel the anointing, and I quite enjoy feeling the anointing. God is going to do stuff in this place today. Just turn to the person next to you, okay, and say to them, and tell them, you're going to encounter the presence of God this morning. Just do that right now. God wants you all to encounter his presence this morning. The songs that we sang, the worship that was put together, wasn't a a plan. They didn't email me on the computer and put together their songs based on what I said. John and the prayer that came wasn't anything to do with um, any foregone plan this week or over the last few months. God has put it together today so that you can encounter his presence. Let's just pray. Oh, Lord. Father. Father, I love you. Lord, I want to thank you for your son, Jesus, that he is the name above all names, and that his name, Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, let your presence rest in this place right now. Father, let your presence rest in this place right now. Holy Spirit, calm every mind. Prepare every heart ready to receive your word this morning. Father, I lay aside everything that is off myself. Lord, work through me. Manifest your presence through me, Father. Through your word right now, in Jesus' name. Lord, I submit every name to you. Every person here to you right now, Father. Holy Spirit, begin to work through their hearts right now. Lord, let your presence rest in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want a title for your notes this morning, if you take notes, it's called... What I'm talking about today is called Living in the Presence of God. And um, I'm excited. My face might not say it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm with the, I am with the Lord right now. But living in the presence of God, I've been preparing for the last two weeks to be here with you. And I'm expecting that God's going to move amongst you this morning. God wants a people who will live every day in his presence, not just on a Sunday morning. And not just on a home group or a a weeknight group or in a prayer meeting. But he wants a people that can share and live every day in his presence. And to know his tangible presence amongst them. If you're a guest here this morning, don't come back here unless you've experienced the presence of God this morning. There you go. It's not Tim speaking. Okay. I'm putting Christ on the line. Don't come back here unless you experience the presence of God. Because 
I'm not interested in meetings for meetings' sake. I'm not interested in getting out of bed on a Sunday morning and going and sitting in a room with people and just singing songs and listening to somebody preach. I'm interested in the presence of God. I'm hungry today. Really, really hungry. Not for food, but I'm hungry for the presence of God. So, if you're hungry this morning, if you're ready this morning, tune yourself in because God is here. The presence of God is in this space. It's in this room right now. There is a tangible presence of God in the room. Some people are feeling very peaceful. Some people, I don't know how it manifests for you, but some people may be feeling a little bit hazy or like the earthly things have become dim. Because God's presence is in the room and God's presence is going to increase during the time in this meeting. So tune yourself in. Open your heart. Open your mind for what he's going to do. Young people, youth, tune yourselves in. You guys are more sensitive to the Holy Spirit than the grown-ups who've had years and years and layers and layers of religion put on them. Yeah? You guys are free right now. So tune yourselves in, because God's going to presence himself with you. If you come expecting to meet with God this morning, you will meet with God. If you come expecting to be healed this morning, you will be healed in the name of Jesus, just by being in the presence. And I have some wonderful testimonies of people's lives who have been transformed, and I'll tell you more about those as we go on. If you come this morning with anxiety, if you come this morning with sadness, if you come this morning with a depression, if you come this morning with anger, then the peace of God rests in you right now in the name of Jesus. The peace of God rests in you right now in the name of Jesus. The presence of God is going to manifest himself in this place this morning. So this morning, I've got three things that I want to talk to you about living in God's presence, okay? One, two, three. John said there were three things. I'll give you one, two, three things, okay? Um, so God, you need to know that God is going to be on the move in this church, that there's going to be radical change in this church, that his presence is going to be manifest with this church and with the people of this church. And wherever you go, people are going to be changed because of the presence of God that is in you. Do you want to be part of that church? Yes, good, because that's what he's going to do with you if you're willing to be used. So my key text this morning is from Exodus 29. If you have your Bibles, um, you can turn there. Um, if you haven't got a Bible, please look along, the li- look along your row. Uh, if you do have a Bible, share it with the person next to you, because we're going to be using the Bible, the Word of God, this morning. But while you're turning there, I'll just tell you what Exodus 29 is all about. Exodus 29, excuse me a moment. In Exodus 29, it talks about the preparation of these priests to work in the presence of God, to work in the tabernacle, okay? And um, it talks about how they were to be clothed, it talks about all, many different things, but it talks about the preparation of the priests, because the priests had a really, really important and dangerous job to do. They had to bring the offerings and the sacrifice of the people of Israel to the Lord, in the tabernacle. If you're not familiar with what a tabernacle is, it's like a mobile temple. All right? That's the easiest way that I can put it. These guys were wandering in the desert and they had a tabernacle, a mobile temple, a tent that they would set up when God told them to set up. And that's where God would presence himself and that's where the people would bring their sacrifices. Okay, so let's have a look at the text. We're going to start from verse 5. 
Okay, so these are the instructions, okay, for preparing the priests to work. Oh, look at that. Ooh, that's you, isn't it? Good job. Okay, we'll start from verse 5. It says this. Then take the ceremonial robes and dress Aaron in the tunic, the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastpiece, belting the ephod to him with an embroidered waistband. Set the turban on his head and place the sacred crown on the turban. Then take the anointing oil and pour it on his head, anointing him. Then bring his sons and put tunics on them and gird them with sashes, both Aaron and his sons, and set hats on them. Their priesthood is upheld by law and is permanent. Okay, so here's point number one for living every day in the presence of God. You've got to be clothed appropriately. Did you look in the mirror this morning? I'm not talking, obviously, about physical clothes, okay? The text tells us that the priests had to put on special clothes. They put on these amazing clothes, clothes that, you know, if you imagine you've been walking in the desert, wandering around, imagine how sweaty you're going to look and what your clothes are going to be looking like. And then these guys, they put on these splendid garments, these really beautiful clothes um, to represent the authority that they carry. The clothes that they had are beautiful. Read what goes into designing the clothes for them in, the, in Exodus. Read about how God clothes the instructions that he puts together for the priests to be dressed. But you know something? When you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, God clothes you in splendid robes too. You didn't ask for them. Yeah? God clothes you in splendid clothes. We have to remember when we look back at the Old Testament... Because Jesus Christ fulfilled all the things of the Old Testament. He is the fulfillment of that. We now look at the Old Testament through eyes of the new. Yeah? So everything that is now a physical representation in the Old Testament now becomes a spiritual representation for us now. God clothes you in splendid robes. There's a spiritist in the room. Heavenly Father, right now, I command the spirit of lies, the spirit of deception, to leave this place in the name of Jesus. You will bow before the anointed one. You have no place in this meeting You must leave in the name of Jesus right now. Right now. Tune in, church. God wants to presence himself with you. The prophet Isaiah tells us about the clothes that Jesus, or God, clothes us with once we're saved. He says this, we're clothed with the garments of our salvation, and we put on robes of righteousness, okay, And Paul writes in Galatians about other clothes that he talks about. He says, if you've been baptized into Christ, you are actually clothed with Christ. What did we say earlier? We wrap our lives around him. He wraps his life around you. You are clothed in Christ. The robes you've got on are splendid. The robes you've got on are beautiful. The robes that you've got on can never run out. They can never get dirty. They can never fray at the edges. They're eternal robes. Isn't that beautiful? 
You know, they fit you perfectly. Your bum doesn't look big in them. Yeah, they fit you perfectly. And so I want to let you know, if you have been saved, if you have been baptized, I want to let you know, you can come into the presence of God this morning because you already are clothed appropriately. So whatever lie that came to your mind, whatever lie about the way that you are in your life, whatever deceit that came to you that said that you are not right right to be able to stand in the presence of God, you can remove that lie right now and say, I'm clothed in salvation. I'm made right with God. I'm clothed in righteousness. Yeah, I'm clothed with Christ. That's beautiful. I can look at you today and I can see Jesus. Okay, so you've got your royal clothes on. Clothed clothes? You've got your royal clothes on. But you've also got to be anointed. Okay? In Exodus 29, the scripture tells us about Aaron. Now, Aaron is the chief priest, if you're not familiar. And he was anointed with oil. He didn't just get a dribble of oil put on him. They didn't just get the best oil out of the cupboard and go, oh, you know, we don't want to spoil your clothes. We'll put a little bit of oil on you. They didn't just put a little cross on, of oil on his head. They got the oil. All the oil they could probably muster up. And he stood there in these beautiful garments, these lovely clothes, and then they began to pour the anointing oil over him, right on the top of his head, right the way down, covering his beard all the way over his clothes. And they kept pouring and pouring and pouring the anointing oil over him until he was totally saturated and soaked. Aaron needed this special anointing so that he could go into the very presence of God. All the priests served in the the presence of God, but Aaron had a special anointing that enabled him to go beyond the curtain into the very presence of God, to be face-to-face with God, and he needed that anointing. You can have that anointing too this morning. God really wants you to come into his presence this morning. He really wants you to receive from him this morning, and he's willing to pour out his anointing on you. Okay. Are you tuning in, church? Are you tuning in in your spirit? Are you tuning in in your heart? You are clothed properly. There is an anointing here right now that you can just receive right now, pouring down on your head, down your face, on your shoulders, right the way through you, all the way anointed to stand in the presence of God. That anointing, well, let's talk about that now. In Exodus 29, verse 29 and 30, it says this, that Aaron's clothes, those are the clothes that have been anointed uh, with oil, it says, the clothes that he wears must be passed on to his sons when he died so that they can carry on the special anointing, and come into the very presence of God. So Aaron's clothes, when he, when he was dead, they took them, gave them to his next-in-line son, and his son had the special anointing, and he was able to go into the very presence of God. The oil in the Old Testament represents the Holy Spirit. And in the New Testament, Jesus, who is our chief priest, is anointed by the Holy Spirit at his baptism. He's anointed for ministry at his water baptism. I think I told you about that the last time I was with you. But once Jesus had received this anointing, to serve the Lord in ministry. He went off and had the three wonderful years that we read about before he died and rose again. Because we all know that Jesus died. We all know that people killed Jesus, yeah? But we also know that God made him alive again and that he is seated right now in heavenly places and he is the ruler over all humanity absolutely everywhere. And we have chosen him to be our leader, yeah? 
We've chosen him to be our leader. He is our chief priest. His anointing now, which ascended into heaven with him, he promised us one thing. He said, to prove that I have accomplished all things, I will send you the gift. I will send you the promise that my father gave to me. He sent his Holy Spirit. He didn't just send it onto me. He didn't just send it onto 120 people 2,000 years ago. He poured out his anointing onto all of his sons and daughters in equal measure so that they can be totally anointed to stand and work in the presence of God. God wants to anoint you this morning. You know, some of you are beginning to feel a little bit warm. Just close your eyes and allow God just to send his oil, send the Holy Spirit to anoint you. It's not something that you can do anything about. Just allow him, open your heart, be ready. You're clothed perfectly. You're clothed in salvation. You're clothed in righteousness. You're clothed with Christ. It's okay. But just allow the anointing to fall on you. Jesus is still alive. He's still ruling and reigning. He's the longest living person that I know of. He is breaking all world records. And you know what? He's still pouring out his anointing. He's still pouring out his anointing. He's not ever going to run out of the anointing. He's not ever going to run out of the Holy Spirit. If you'll open your heart and just receive from him, you will receive an anointing that will saturate you from your head to your toe, that will commission you to stand in the very presence of God, face to face with him, and you can accomplish anything. Point number one. If you're going to live in the presence of God, you must be saved. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to receive him today. Because it's only through accepting him and his sacrifice and what he did for you that you can come into the presence of God. And the benefits of being in the presence of God will be added to you afterwards. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. But if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you need to come to him now. And it's your choice. It's you opening your heart and saying, I'll do that. Lord, I want to accept you. I want to be clothed in salvation. I don't want to be clothed in these dirty rags anymore. You can do that right now in this room. No appeal to stick your hands in the air. No come to the front and get on your knees. It's you and God. His presence is in this space right now. His presence is moving amongst you right now. You make your decision. Say, Lord, I'm willing to live for you. And immediately, he will clothe you in salvation. He will clothe you in righteousness. And you know what? Immediately, he'll baptize you in his Holy Spirit. You've got to be drenched in his anointing to serve in his presence. And that's something you can't do either. He's given you the clothes. I couldn't do anything. He's given me the clothes. I, can't, I, can't, I didn't have to do anything to get the clothes. And then what do I need to do next? Nothing. I'm just going to give you my anointing. So all I had to do was say, say yes, Lord. Yes, that's all you have to do. There's anointing here today for the church. God really wants to drench you in his, in his anointing. I'm putting Christ out there. I'm putting him on the line. I'm saying, Lord, do this in this place. And you know what? He will. I don't mean, Lord, do it tomorrow. 
I don't mean, Lord, I hope I get baptised in the Holy Spirit in the future. I'm talking about now! Right now. God is a God of right now. And he is ready. And he is waiting. And his arm is stretched out towards you. If you are ready to receive, then receive right now in the name of Jesus, his anointing. God is a God of right now. Don't think about tomorrow. Be changed. Be anointed right now. If you'll just tune in, if you'll just open your heart, God will presence himself with you because you really are his chosen people. You really are God's chosen people. You really are his royal priesthood. You're already clothed with salvation. You're already clothed in righteousness. You're already adorned with your salvation. That's the most amazing thing ever. The presence of God through you will change the world. There's nothing else you need. Okay? If you want to change, Christ says, just open your heart right now. Believe it and you will receive it. Father, I just want to receive more of you right now, Father. Holy Spirit, Lord. Father, let my words come with love. Father, let my words come with love. Let them feel your heart. Let them feel your heart, Lord. Let's look at the text again. Okay, what we find next in in Exodus 29 is that there are a number of animals that are brought as offerings. They're brought by the priests, and what the priests do is they, they lay their hands on these animals, and then the animals are killed. Okay? They laid their hands on these different offerings to symbolize that they were accepting the offering to absolve them of the sin that they, they had and that the offering was going to be given on their behalf. So, for example, in Exodus 29, verse 10, they bring this bull to them, to the priests, and the priests, they lay their hands on it, and then the animal is sacrificed. Some of the meat is given as a sin offering, and the animal carried the price for the priests. Do you understand that? So they didn't actually kill themselves, you know, but we're going to go forward a bit. So, but I'm not going to read about all the different sacrifices because we've got youth in the room and I don't want to give them nightmares. Um, you older guys can, can, can handle it. Is the Lord calling me? It's not me. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I'm not going to read about all the different animals that are being sacrificed and given as offerings. Um, but it was the blood of these offerings. It was the blood of these offerings that made the priests holy. Okay. First, they were clothed properly. Then, they were anointed. And now, they're being made holy. But what I want to draw your attention to is this. In Exodus 29, verse 20, it says, take some of the blood and put it on the priests. And the Bible gives some very specific areas of where the blood was to be put on the priests. Okay? And then it says, take the rest of the blood and pour it out on the altar. Now, 
when I read this, I thought, well, I thought, I thought Lord, I'm, all I'm reading about here is the ordination of the priests. What has the altar got to do with the, getting these guys ready to serve in the presence of God? What had the altar got to do with the priest's ordination? Because over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, you see these animals getting sacrificed. A little bit of blood goes on the priests, and then the rest of the blood is poured out on the altar. In fact, so much blood is poured on the altar that in Exodus 29, verse 37, and I read this in the message version, it says this, the altar will become soaked in holiness. Anyone who so much as touches the altar will become holy. I was like, wow! So the men, they get this little bit of blood put on them, and they're made holy. But the altar, so much blood's put on it that the altar becomes soaked in holiness. Do you know what soaked is like? A sponge, you know, like a sponge if you stick it in water. There isn't a bit in that sponge that is dry, yeah? They're talking about the altar becomes soaked, saturated right the way through. The blood right the way through this altar, that the altar became soaked in holiness. That's what's going to happen is the altar is going to become soaked in holiness. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. So what does it mean? What does it represent? Well, the altar represents the priest's life. They put the blood on themselves to represent their here and now present. But the altar represents their eternal life. You see, when you become a priest, you begin to serve the altar. Every day your life revolves around the altar. Every morning you wake up and think, got to go to the altar. Yeah? Every night before you go to bed, you go, got to check the altar. Everything that these priests did revolved around the altar. The altar became their life. Constantly bringing sacrifice to the altar. The altar represents your life too. Okay? You have to accept sacrifice for your life. You have to accept a sacrifice for your life. What am I talking about? Well, you sacrifice things on your life that you begin to serve. Yeah? The altar of your life is the thing that you serve. The same way that the priests accepted a bull as a sacrifice for their eternal salvation or their salvation, you need to accept an a sacrifice at the altar of your life too. And his name that you can accept is Jesus. Jesus is the only sacrifice that can soak your life in holiness. Yeah? I want to ask you, what are you sacrificing on the altar of your life at the moment? Have you become absorbed by your career? Everything else doesn't matter, my career. Have you become absorbed by your family? What, sort of, what are you sacrificing on the altar of your life at the moment? Because the one thing that you do need, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus today, is to be soaked in holiness. And the only person who can do that is Jesus Christ. I love that. I love that the blood of Jesus covers me, and it covers you, and it covers you forever. It covers you for your whole life, from beginning, before you knew him, to the end when you're going to be with him. The blood of Jesus covers you. Your life is soaked in holiness. God only sees the finished article. Yeah? He doesn't see the priest here with a little bit of blood here and a little bit of blood there that every day you might have to put a little bit of blood here, a little bit of blood there, a little bit of blood here. All he sees is the altar. All he sees is your life. And he sees a life soaked in holiness if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and if you've accepted his blood to cover your life. But I like this other bit as well. 
He says that if anyone so much as touches the altar, their lives become holy. That means the holiness of God is contagious. It means that wherever I go, if I come into contact with people, they have to be changed by me. If they come into contact with my life, they have to be changed by me. In an instant, they have to become holy. They have to encounter the holiness of God, and they have to change around me. Yeah? That's why the priests were the only people who could serve the altar, because if anybody came up and just touched the altar, they would be seen, and they would be made holy. But Christ has poured out his blood for you. He has poured out his anointing for you. You've been clothed in righteousness. You've been clothed in salvation. Anybody who comes into contact with you is made holy. That work colleague. You know, I, I always use this example, but have you ever noticed that when you tell somebody that you're a Christian, their behavior changes when they're around you? You know, Sometimes they go, sorry about, they go, sorry for swearing. Why apologize to me? Yeah. You're the one that's living in sin. You don't know any better or any different. But what is it about me that's changed you? I've not said anything. I've not done anything. I'll tell you what's happened is you've encountered the very holiness of God, a life that's soaked in holiness, and you've decided to change. Just like that. And if I believe that I can change anybody by just being who I am, yeah, being Christ in the community, being Christ in my, in my church, being Christ in my workplace, if I believe that my life is soaked in holiness, I have no fear. I've got no fear at all that I can overcome and do anything. I'm going to share with you some testimonies in a minute. The holiness of God, a life that's soaked with holiness, is a life that can do anything. That means that a life soaked in holiness, if the Bible says that I can lay hands on the sick, they will be healed, or they shall recover, then what am I to expect? I'm expecting to go and touch that person, and in the name of Jesus, the holiness of God makes them clean, makes them pure, makes them well. We had a lady come into the church a while back, her name's Sylvie. Um, she came from a community on the edge of, a community that we've, we've been praying about, a community that we've been trying to work into. And she came in and um, she'd had, her arm was paralyzed. And um, we said, well, what, you know, what's happened? She said, the doctors don't know, it. she can't lift it, she can't move it. She was having injections, she was in a, she was in pain, she said, it's, it's gone. So the church began to worship the presence of God manifesting in the, uh, manifesting in the room, the people just enjoying the presence of God, soaking in the presence of God. We said, just lift your hands to the Lord. And Sylvie lifted both hands to the Lord. We looked at her and we said, uh, well, Sylvie, I thought you couldn't lift your arm. She said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is what Jesus does, right? She was healed. Just from being in the presence of God. Just by being sensitive to the presence of God. Just being willing to be made, to be soaked in holiness. She was made well. One of the other ladies in the church cares. She was in her workplace. She's a school teacher. And um, she was talking to her, her work colleague who, had, who injured her neck. And Kez said, I believe that Jesus Christ will heal you. Do you mind if I lay hands on you? Work colleague was like, okay. Kez laid hands on her. Instantly, the lady's neck is better. She goes and checks with the doctors. The doctors can't explain it. Why? Because her life is soaked in holiness and she's living every day in the presence of God. 
Another lady, Katie, she'd just come back from Bethel Church in America where she'd been on the supernatural school. And um, she's walking down the street. She sees somebody who's, who's got a, a problem with their legs. And she just goes over to them and says, you know, Christ wants to heal you. And just touch them and instantly his legs made better and he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. A life soaked in holiness. A life that is living every day in the presence of God. Last week, a lady called Dawn came into the meeting. My brother-in-law came over to me and said, Tim, there's a lady here, she's deaf. Will you come and pray? And, um, you know, the first thing that you've got to do if you're going to be praying for, the big people, for these big miracles is deny that you can actually believe that it's going to happen. I, I, I looked and I said, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't believe that God can heal you. I don't believe that you can be healed because in my natural eyes, my natural senses, everything about me says, no way. And God can't stand me to be a liar. So I have to say, in the natural, I look at you and I say, there's no way. But I do know that the name of Jesus, I do know that Jesus can do absolutely everything and I believe in him, so I'm going to believe in the supernatural. We put the oil on her ear and all we said was, Father, 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 Father. And then she said, Father, Father, Father. We took the cloth away and we said, Dawn, can you hear us? Yes. Can you really? She said, my hearing's improving. She said, I can hear, I can hear. She said, I can hear, I can hear. And I'm thinking, flipping heck, she can hear. <laughs> flipping heck, she can hear. And I'm talking to my brother-in-law. She's, she... She, she, she's healed. She said, I'm blind in one eye as well. Can you pray for that? <laughs> we said, well, of course we can. So we, we, called all, we called different people from the church together. We said, look, let, let's, pr- let's pray. And we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. But she kept on saying, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear. We were like, well, we can't pray for your eye right now because you're not tuned in. You're just full of the, full of the life of God. Your, your ears are open. And she goes on a happy way. Praise the Lord. God is good. Nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with Kez, nothing to do with Katie, nothing to do with anything else apart from the presence of God. Christ through you, Christ through me will see you made well. And you can have an encounter like that today. Today you can stand in the presence of God without fear. Today you can stand in the presence of God without condemnation of your past. You can stand without any concern for your future. Right now, before God, your life is soaked in holiness. Isn't that beautiful? Right now, before God, you might be thinking, well, you don't know my life right now. Yes, I do. It's soaked in holiness. And if you will see your life as God sees your life, then nothing in this world, nothing in this world will begin to matter. It'll all begin to dim away. It'll all begin to dim away. And that's when you see God manifest in the areas of your life. Okay, let's keep going. So point number two, the blood of Jesus has made you holy. So what did you have to do to do that? Nothing. He already died for you. Yeah? So, so far, you haven't had to do anything at all except believe. And he's, God's clothed you. God's anointed you. Jesus' blood covers you. So far, if, you have believe, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can stand in the presence of God. Isn't that great? You can live every day in the presence of God. Is that good? Yes. Is that good? Yes. Is that good? Yes. Is that good? Yes. 
You know what? There were some little kids over here earlier on. And they were singing this song. I don't know, I can't remember what the song was. And I can see them bobbing around and thinking, this is these kids, these are going, these kids are going for it. And then they shouted, Jesus! Right in the middle of the song, and I'm thinking, wow! I'm thinking, wow! And I looked around and I looked around, I could see everybody else. Some of you the happy clappies were getting into it. But then these kids were over here. They don't care. They're not interested. They don't care if they're shouting Jesus at the wrong time. Jesus! I'm so excited. You're teaching the kids to be free. You're teaching your kids to be free. Yeah? Be free yourselves. You've got a life that's soaked in holiness. Don't come in here with your baggage. Be free. See yourself as God sees you. Be like a child. Just shout, Jesus, whenever you want to. Have Holy Ghost Tourette's. (laughs) Why not? Praise the Lord. Turn to the person next to you and tell them that you are anointed by God. Tell them that your life is soaked in holiness. Tell them that they have to be different because they're sat next to you. Does anybody want to shout Jesus? Jesus. Come on, let's hear it again. Anybody want to shout Jesus? Jesus. Anybody else want to shout Jesus? Jesus. He's the name above all names. What's his name? Jesus. He can accomplish anything. What's his name? Jesus. He has sacrificed everything for you. What's his name? Jesus. He's alive right now. What's his name? Jesus. Come on, church. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. Man, just think the kids next time you sing that song and these kids are going in and they're getting ready to say Jesus and then you suddenly shout, Jesus! Wow. Feel free. Feel free. Hallelujah. Okay, so my final point is coming up. Woohoo! Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, so so far I've talked about being drenched. So far I've talked about being soaked. But the last point that I want to talk to you about is that your life must be consumed, must be consumed in glory. So the priests, they're clothed right, okay? They're anointed right. They're made holy and their lives are soaked in holiness. But daily, they need to bring sacrifices to the altar. They didn't just do it the once. Every day, they brought sacrifices to the altar. Jesus has given his life to make you holy before God. In the eyes of God, he sees you soaked in holiness. He wants you in his presence every waking minute. And then guess what? He has you in his presence when you're asleep. Sometimes you wake up in the morning, you have a song in your head. Maybe you sang it at church, maybe you listen to a worship. Sometimes you wake up and you think, thank you, Lord. It's because all night long your spirit has just been with the Lord. 
worshiping the Lord. Because a spirit that is free is one that loves to give worship to the Lord. So all night long, whenever you go to sleep, sleep well. Yeah, nothing's going to happen to you in the night. Yeah? Nothing's going to happen to you in the night. Okay. But we do need to change. Okay? We do need to be, and we need to be changed. The Bible tells us that we need to be changed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Okay? And that means bringing sacrifices and offerings to God. Okay? So in a moment, there's a van going to pull up with some sheep in and some bulls, and we're going to. No, we're not going to do that. Look at the look of panic on her face then. Dear me. Okay. I'm not talking about lambs and goats and chickens and doves and all those sort of things. We're not going to start butchering animals. Um, but there are some offerings. There are offerings, that, uh, the names of the offerings that the priests brought to the Lord. And these are some of the offerings that maybe you could bring. Okay, so here's what they say. Uh, they brought thanksgiving offerings. Can you bring a thanksgiving offering? Yeah, of course you can. Okay. They brought um, fellowship offerings. Anybody here can bring a fellowship offering? You want to know what that looks like? Are you going over to fellowship with some people afterwards to share a meal together? Yeah, yeah. That's a fellowship offering. That's pleasing to the Lord. Yeah? Can you do that? Yeah, of course you can. Oh, wow, you didn't have to come to church on a Sunday to bring an offering. You can bring your financial gifts if you need to. Bring your, and they're all pleasing to the Lord as well. You also need to bring your guilt offerings. Those are the sorries, Lord. Yeah, I see. I know you see me as holy, but, ah, man, I made a mistake. He goes, okay. Thanks for bringing that before me. Let me rule that area of your life. Let me take care of that for you. Okay? But all of the offerings that the priests brought were consumed by fire. Over and over and over in all the early books, um, it talks about these offerings being brought and consumed by fire. Um, And all the offerings that they brought were pleasing to the Lord. The good ones and the bad ones. Yeah? The sin offering. Oh, God, you know. We're sorry. Whoosh. Oh, there's some whooshing going to come today now. But every offering that they bought was consumed on the altar. It was consumed by fire. And these offerings kept people's lives right with God. They kept people's lives right um, with him in every area. So whenever they thought, I've done a wrong, I need to get it right, or I've been blessed, I need to bring that in, they kept people close to the presence of God. The fire on the altar was an external fire. Okay. What I mean by that is the fire on the altar would burn the offering from the outside in, yeah? and it would consume the fire from the outside in. Today, when you give your life to God, the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, comes to live and burn inside you, and it begins to consume your life. Yeah? begins to consume your life. Father, I offer my life to you and I ask for forgiveness. Whoosh! Oh, it's a fire. Oh, it's a fire. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, keep burning inside me. Keep burning inside me, Father. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm having one of these Holy Ghost moments. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for saving me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then God begins to change in me. He says, Tim... I want you to sacrifice that attitude to me. Okay, Lord, I give you that sacrifice. Whoosh! That attitude begins to change in me. Oh, Lord, fantastic. Praise the Lord, you begin to change that area in me. What's next, Tim? 
I want you to give my give your marriage to me. Oh, my marriage, Lord. My marriage. Okay. All right, Lord, I give it to you on the altar. Whoosh! Oh, wow, my, my marriage is now consumed in glory, Lord. What, what next, Lord? I, Tim, I want, your, I want your career. My career, Lord, but I want to be a billionaire. <laughs> but okay, Lord, I'll give it to you. Whoosh! It's gone. All right, man. Praise the Lord. Those things become meaningless to me. Tim, I want you to give me your praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise your name, Father, in every, in every way that I possibly can. Whoosh! Oh, praise the Lord. You consumed that. I'm moving from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory as I begin to leave and lay down the areas of my life, my attitudes, my, my outside experiences, as well as my inside experience. When I leave my sacrifice of praise, when I leave my sacrifice of worship, when I bring my financial, financial gifts to the Lord, my tithes and my offerings, whoosh! God consumes it all, and all of it brings glory to him. In fact, I can't wait for this day. There's going to come a day when my family's being consumed, when my work's being consumed, when my paycheck's being consumed, when my attitudes are being consumed, when my relationships are being consumed, and God could continue to burn and burn and burn in me from one degree of glory to the next until the day... When the glory of the Lord, the Holy Spirit has consumed every single part of me. And all that's left is this. Oh, I long for that day. Because on that day, God says, Tim, and I say, whoosh. And I'm in glory with him. Oh, man, burning for all eternity. Not in hell but burning in the glory of the Lord. <laughs> Got to be careful here just to make sure that you're in, in the same area. Okay. But burning bright forever in God's presence before the throne. Man, there's, I'm just as he is. I am as he is right now. Oh, praise the Lord. Be a living sacrifice to the Lord. To live in his presence, you need to lay down everything. You need to lay down absolutely everything, all the things that could become your distraction. Bring them to the Lord and lay them down and say, Lord, consume it for your glory. Lord, consume it for your glory. Lord, consume it for your glory. Will you do that? Yes. Jesus! Will you do that? Yes! Yes! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're beginning to see change. Maybe, it's, maybe I'm letting you think a little bit too much. Don't worry. The presence of God isn't going to change because you shout. Yeah. Or because you sing. You know, his presence is going to keep manifesting on you and keep filling you. But I want to share one last thing. You see, because I read the Bible every day and I kind of got through Exodus and I moved on to Leviticus. Now, um, if you are struggling to get to sleep at night... I can recommend a particularly good book for you to read. Okay, Read the word of the Lord. You have peaceful rest, I can, I can assure you. Uh, but Leviticus certainly will, uh, will take you there quick. But as I was reading Leviticus, because I, I was caught up in, in all these different things about the altar and the priests, and I think, wow, God, you show me all this stuff. And then I move into the new book, and I'm like, well, surely you're not over with me on this. And it says this in, in Leviticus 6. Uh, Moses gives these clear instructions, uh, gives clear instructions about the fire, that the fire on the altar 
must keep burning. Uh, And that's one of the priestly duties. The priests always had to keep the fire burning. They always had to keep the fire burning. So even when there wasn't an offering to go on there, they were adding things to keep the fire burning. There were different things to keep the fire burning. But one of their duties to keep the fire burning was they had to remove the ash that had built up on the fire. So I'm sat downstairs in my living room. I've got a little fire in, in my living room, and I'm thinking... Lord, what is that? What what are you trying to tell me here? The priests had to remove the ash from the fire. Why why did they have to do that? Because God consumed everything, right? Everything's consumed. And then I looked at my fire and I saw that the ash that we had on our fire was making the fire go dull. And I realized that if you leave ash on a fire, it'll put the fire out. What is the ash? What is the ash? The ash is yesterday's offering. The ash was this morning's worship. The ash was yesterday's thanksgiving. The ash was yesterday's sickness. The ash was yesterday's whatever. It's no longer the cow. It's now ash. Yeah. God's not interested in what you brought yesterday. He's not even interested in what you brought this morning. He's interested in what you're going to give him right now. Yeah, he's interested in what you'll give him right now. Does he got has he got your full attention? Have I got your full attention right now? Have I got your full attention right now? Are you sacrificing to the Lord here? Or are you sacrificing your stomachs to lunch later? Are you asking the Lord to consume you? Lord, consume me. Or are you trying to think of the next thing that you need to do after you get out of church, out of the meeting? Thinking about the worship that you gave in a conference in 1984 was sufficient to keep your fire burning today is rubbish. Okay? In fact, there'll be some people here that had a Holy Ghost encounter many years ago. And they thought, oh, burning bright, burning bright, burning bright, but actually you become dull and dull and dull and dull and dull because you've forgotten to remove the ash of yesterday's offering. Are you constantly asking for forgiveness for repetitive sin? You've not removed the ash from the first time that you brought it to the Lord. You know what? You can think, Lord, I keep doing this wrong thing, and you, you're carrying ash to the altar. and putting the ash on the altar, and you're saying, Lord, I'm bringing this sin back to you again. I'm bringing this sin back to you, but it's not a sacrifice to the Lord. It's ash, and ash won't burn. Ash will just put your fire out. Know that God has consumed it the day you bring it, and then move on. Today is a new day, fresh, clean altar, ready to burn bright for you, Lord. Holding on to the ash of your sickness when God has consumed it will not make you burn so bright. God has healed you. If hands have been laid upon you, the word of God says, and they shall recover. Instantly? Not everybody was healed instantly in Jesus' time. But don't keep bringing it to the Lord and saying, Lord, again, Lord, again. 
Lord, he's, it's ash. He said, I saw it the first time, and it was pleasing that you came, and I consumed it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, and I'm living in a new reality. I'm living in a... What can I bring to you today, then? What can I bring to you this morning? And he'll consume, and he'll consume, and he'll consume you until, whoosh, you're in his presence, living for eternity in his presence. God's going to demand absolutely everything from you. I'm not going to lie about it. Yeah? I'm not going to try and hide it from you. He's going to demand absolutely every single area of your life. He's going to demand every single thought that you have. He's going to demand everything that you've got and everything that you bring to him will be pleasing to him and he will consume it. And it will bring him glory and it will change you from one degree of glory to the end. But you know, people who are consumed by glory, are people who are consumed for living in the presence of God, people who are not holding on to the ash of yesterday, are a people that will change cities, will change nations. We're talking about manifest sonship here. We're talking about people standing up and saying, we are as he is in this world. Nothing is holding us back. We are burning bright with the love of God. We're burning bright with the power of God. And you will be changed by coming into contact with you. You can't stay this size if you're living every day in the presence of God. You have to grow. But you'll also become a real blessed people. Because if you're giving over your career for God's glory, then God's glory wants to shine bright, so he will bless you in your career. If you want to give over your family, if you sacrifice your family to the Lord for the glory of the Lord, then God will consume it. But because it's for his glory, it's got to shine bright. And so you'll see change come in there. If your life is rubbish right now, Sacrifice your life. Say, Lord, take me. Consume me. I'm not wrapping this rubbish life around you. I want you to wrap yourself around me. Consume me, Lord. Take every part of me. Don't let me be here anymore. And you know what he'll do? He'll consume you for his glory. And a life that's been consumed for his glory is a life that's changed forever. I'm going to ask the musicians if they'll come back up here right now. Because I said that the offering that you brought this morning, the the offering of worship, the offering of thanksgiving, the offering of praise, the offering of... uh, I believe through worship, worshiping the Lord, that it gives you an opportunity. I heard you singing this morning to the Lord. And there was a move of God. There was presence, tangible presence of God in different areas of the room. But this is an opportunity now for you to bring a fresh sacrifice to the Lord, one that will please him. It might be your life. It might be your sickness. It might be your family. It might be your career. It might be just a thanksgiving. It might be a thank you, Lord. It might be an I love you, Lord. But bring it to him with an open heart. Bring it to him with an open mind. Bring it to him clothed in salvation. Bring it to him clothed in righteousness. Bring it to him now that you know that you're soaked in holiness. Bring him your very best right now. Bring him your very best and, I pro- best, and I promise you that God will consume it. God will accept it. And he will move you from one degree of glory to the next so that you will be changed. But you just need to bring your offering.
Shall we do that? Do I need to go to the corner again? Shall we do that? Yes. Let's bring him our best. Let's bring him our best. Mark, over to you.